Hey guys, this is episode number 92 with uh, Jim Hansen. You're really going to want to listen to this. Jim is uh, a senior advisor with FCCMA, has an incredible perspective, 41 years in the business, really understands it. But what I, what I loved about this was he talked about the duality of what city managers do for a living day in and day out, but yet they don't do that very same thing for themselves, which is preparing uh, for what he, he believes the inevitability that you're going to be let go suddenly at some point in your career, preparing for that, building up, getting involved in the managers in transition. But then also as a recent retiree, and you could hear it in his voice, the enthusiasm he has for the full-time jobs he has accumulated with purpose during his retirement. Uh, that planning, that preparation, it really showed through. I could have gone on for <laughs> another two hours with Jim. Uh, we're going to have to have him back at some point. It was fantastic. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Greetings, I'm Steve Van Cor. And this is the FCCMA Podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. I'm your host. Each episode, we interview a city or a county leader who's in a position to share interesting and useful insights into the operations of local government here in the Sunshine State. And today we're going to do something a little different, and I'll tell you why. Our guest is Jim Hansen, uh, Senior Advisor, ICMA, FCCMA. And we started to do the pre-interview like we normally do. And after 20 minutes of us just jawing back and forth, I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> Let's put this on tape, as it were. Jim, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And let me um, say I'm a, I'm a real fan, uh, both of, um, of your uh, show. You make it very interesting um, to listen to. I've, I've listened to a lot of these podcasts while I'm in the gym and other places. Uh, but I'm also a great fan of the concept uh, in that uh, I think a lot of FCCMA members, um, particularly the younger ones that don't have as much experience, can learn a tremendous amount uh, just by listening to a podcast. Whereas in the old days, you know, all um, all uh, all us uh, could all we could do often was just go to the old ICMA green books, and that's that's a lot more trouble. You learn a lot more just by listening to people's candid conversations about one subject or another. So I think I think it's a great thing you're doing for the FCCMA, and I want you to keep it up. I, pre I appreciate you saying that. I'm, I'm a big fan also, and I'm that nerd in the gym also listening mm -hmm. to something that I'm learning uh, as opposed to listening to, you know, 1970s rock to get motivated. <laughs> you get motivated by listening to a, to, a, to a good podcast. No, I really appreciate that. And, you know, you're right because if you're a city manager, county administrator, by definition, you're the diaspora, right? You're not, you're alone in that county, you're alone in that city, and who do you rely on? Uh, you have some counties, like, uh, uh, to me, the best example is Volusia, where the city managers do gather, what do they have, 17 municipalities there, they do gather periodically, they, they do exchange information, they do learn from each other, they, seminars are, but, this allows you to talk to somebody like interest from Sarasota, if you're from Okaloosa, if you're from Micanopy, if you're in Broward County, to hear that. We just taped one um, about the changing role of firefighters, right, onto more EMT. If I'm a city manager, this is vital to understand this changing role and new programs that are coming about. And you don't have to go to the green, the green book or whatever it is. Sure, and it's on demand. And, um, you know, a, a new manager that's having trouble with this or that or, or needs to learn something um, can uh, very easily, um, you know, listen to somebody else's thoughts, a, a senior manager, and, and learn quite a lot. 
You know, and you, you, you already had a good idea for us, which is to do a better job of cataloging the podcast. We're rapidly approaching number 100. And you're right. Hey, I really enjoy listening to Michael Ployce or Matt Spore or whomever. But I want to know the topic that they were talking about. Uh, we just interviewed the CRA manager from uh, St. Lucie, uh, Port St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in starting a CRA in your community or ending a CRA in your community, uh, that would be a good topic. So we're going we're to take that counsel. Right. Mr. Senior Advisor. Okay. <laughs> well, let's start at the end. What is a senior advisor? What role does that person play? Well, the, the senior advisors do a lot of things. Uh, we are generally retired managers that have um, quite a lot of experience in Florida. And um, basically, um, for me, it's, um, I'm, I'm looking to stay in touch with a lot of my old friends um, and to try to, to be of some value to the world. Uh, so um, uh, and, uh, probably speaking for most of the, the senior advisors and saying that. Uh, we do a number of things. Um, we do some uh, mentoring of uh, uh, younger managers. Um, Often, uh, you know, they, they may call us up or we're just checking on them and they'll want to know, you know, well, how do you, how do you go about doing this? Or um, how do you deal with council members that, um, you know, are, are, you know, maybe wanting something they, they shouldn't? Um, that's uh, fairly common. Uh, a lot of them basically are drinking from a fire hose, to use the old expression, uh, needing to learn a lot because city managers need to learn a whole lot about, about different subjects. Well, I, I, think, uh, I so. think I could think of one really good example because we've had a number of city managers who came here from other states. And uh, I asked them, what's, what's, what's different? And the number one answer... Do you know what the number one answer always is? Uh, probably the open records law. Yes, yes. he okay. nailed it. Ding, sure. ding, ding. There's a little duck that just dropped down. You guys can't see it, but he gets the award for getting it right. Yeah, so that's a great example. I would call mm-hmm. Jim Hansen and say, Jim, uh, I'm from Nebraska. I, I was a city manager of Omaha. How do you guys deal with this open record stuff? You mm-hmm. can't negotiate behind the scenes. What do you do? Is, is that the kind of questions you get? Well, I've, I've had that question before. Um, yes, that's, uh, that's something we would provide some guidance on. There are a number of laws in Florida that are different than most other states, and that's, that's fine. You just have to know how to deal with them and, um, and all of that. But that's clearly a subject that people need to get uh, up to speed on. Uh, we'd also deal with um, MITs, the people in transition. Um, a lot of times we'll give them some maybe career coaching, um, maybe uh, connecting them with some of the resources that ICMA may offer. Uh, and they have a, a great um, variety of things um, in recent years that uh, people would be interested in. But a lot of times for the MITs, it's just listening to them. Uh, you know, they're home by themselves. They're worried about, you know, where am I going next and all that. And um, they just want to know that somebody cares about them. So um, I think that's uh, often something that we and all try and to do. And when you talk to somebody who's been there before, you realize I have a friend uh, in the business who was just mm-hmm. let go. And I called him up. And say, hey, you know, first of all, you need to know this. This happens. This is part of your career. You've been one of the fortunate ones to be in this position for 17 years. And again, in many of these MIT situations, this person didn't do something wrong. There was Mm -hmm. a change in leadership. Leadership wanted a fresh new look. And and the whole strata got let go. And he said, call me back a couple days later. So, you know, I really appreciated that call. It really made a difference for me because to think it wasn't me uh, or if it was, at least I put it in context. And now I can pick up and move on and, and pick up on the next stage. Uh, sure, it can things. be extremely stressful, that, um, especially when you have kids that uh, may go off to school um, um, and uh, you've got a mortgage to pay and that sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, I've been there before and it's... Um, 
it, it, it's a tough time for people. I mean, city management is a very tough job to begin with, uh, but uh, being in, trans in transition uh, can be even harder. So um, I, I think they really do appreciate uh, people calling them up and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, just it's dawning on me as we're speaking this, too, that what, when I said about, the, you know, we're the diaspora by definition. You know, we have 411 cities in the state, and all 411 city managers by definition live somewhere else. So if you've bought a house, uh, been recently married, or have children in a school, you have limited opportunities as city manager, assistant city manager in your direct neighborhood. You will, by definition, if you want another city manager job or county administrator job, have to move. And that adds another layer of stress to that. Sure. You're the only one in your community that does what you do. And even if you have an assistant, it's not at all like being the city manager. Um, you know, it's a, you have stresses that people don't understand unless they've been in that job themselves. So there's no one in your community usually that you can speak with about that, uh, and it's, um, like I say, it sometimes feels sort of lonely. So in, as a senior advisor, is there a formal role? Do you serve on boards? Do you serve, do you, are you just a guy sitting around waiting for a call or just reaching out? How, how does that well, work? Well, we, uh, uh, we reach out to people, um, uh, to the MITs, uh, to, to people we know that uh, are new in a job. Another thing we do so is... Wait, uh, hold on. Is it like a formal organization so you'll get a listing of MITs and say, yes, hey... Yes, uh, the FCCMA sends out a list of uh, current MITs okay. uh, and update, updates it as needed. So uh, all of us have those uh, regularly. One of the things we do is uh, help in recruiting for new managers in the very smallest of cities and towns and counties that probably can't or, or wouldn't afford an executive search firm. Now, let me say up front, we don't do the same level of work. We can't. We're volunteers. But uh, for a lot of these very small places, some of which may have never had a man manager before, uh, recruiting a city manager is a lot different than just hiring a police officer or a public works employee. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. You... Um, um, and you can't hire from within if you only have eight staff. That's right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you uh, generally advertise differently in different places. Um, and um, it, it, it's kind of like um, a dating sort of a situation. You're trying to look good, your city, to, to encourage good applicants, uh, both before they apply and once they come down for an interview. Uh, and they're trying to look good to you. So, um, you know, you, you have to be very cautious about... Um, putting your best foot forward. Like, this is a good place for us to work. Well, so, uh, I want to go to that because I love the, the, the duality of this, which is you're helping smaller cities find talent. But on the other hand, that talent that's out there through the MIT program, you know, it's like a perfect marriage, right? So sure. somebody, small town, Florida calls you up and says, hey, can you guys help us find a city manager? We don't we can't afford to hire an executive search. We're a small staff. Nobody here is qualified to be a city manager. And you're like, well, I got 13 people on this MIT list that might be interested in that. Or they may serve as interims. You know, a lot of times if uh, they've had a, a vacancy, uh, then that's a great, great place for someone who may be willing to step in as an interim manager for a few months while they're recruiting a, a permanent manager. You know, some of these smaller cities we work for, this will be the first city manager they've ever had. Um, so when you talk about mentoring new people, uh, if you assisted, we assist in getting, um, uh, getting them um, a, a, a new manager, we often try to call up 
monthly or, um, or certainly a couple times a year just to see how they're doing, what resources they need. You know, I may not have all the answers, but I know a lot of people in Florida that yeah. I, can, I can turn to and say, you, you need to talk to this guy over here or that lady there that they're experts in this and put them together. That's interesting because what I've seen um, recently, I'm thinking of uh, Jim Chisholm had retired and uh, in Volusia County, uh, the city manager left, uh, changed the board. They asked him to leave. And he's stepping in out of retirement to serve. But I never dawned on me because that seems to be the model. Recently retired, uh, another uh, mm-hmm. Joe Yarbrough from Volusia County also, right, South Daytona. Uh, c- please come back temporarily to kind of hold down the fort till we could find a permanent person. But you've got those folks in your bag of tricks as well as people who were recently let go for one reason or another that are high quality uh Good people who be good, great. Absolutely, applicants. they can they can bring a lot of talent to the um, uh, to the um, to the needs of any city or county, uh, and sometimes they're willing to do that. Uh, you know, I myself, I don't miss going to late night council meetings, uh, and uh, all that went at. with uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and all the stress that goes with it. It, it uh, there's a lot of good things about retiring, uh, but uh, being a senior advisor allows me to to stay in touch with a lot of people, and uh, if I have to go to a city council meeting to talk to them about recruiting, I usually insist that I be. First on the agenda because I don't don't want to stay there all night if I can help it. Oh, I don't so, I don't blame you. That, that there has to be a little PTSD involved with those late night uh, council meetings. Absolutely, it can be a lot of stress, and it's uh, and it's a difficult job um, that uh, many of us um, through the years get. Um, uh, I think stress accumulates uh, on a lot of the managers, and um, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, after speaking for forty one years in this business, uh, feel like we're made of iron and. Um, when I retired, I realized that wasn't at all the case. Uh, well, let's 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 um, pivot to that because we had three subjects we wanted to cover, and one of those was managing stress. Um, and you have the the vantage point today, forty one years in the business now, not completely out. You haven't left the gravitational pull of city managership, as it were, but you're able to have perspective on that. Give me a. Get, Talk to me a little bit about your feelings on stress, stress management, as in particular, as it applies to the lonely job of being a city manager. Well, I'd say first and foremost, you need to take care of yourself, period, Uh, and both physically and uh, emotionally, because the stress does build up and and we don't know that. Uh, But when I say physically, um, uh, you need to get out and get some exercise with some regularity, um, and you also need to take some time off. Uh, occasionally to to you know, just calm your own mind. I'm I've learned in my later years that uh, you're far better off as a manager uh, if you just take a little more extra time, uh, relax when you need to, uh, and you'll be able to work better rather than working those sixty plus hour weeks that um, I know I used to do when I was young, um, and I finally managed to get it down usually to under fifty hours a week um, in my later years, uh, but. Um, you know, there's so many managers that I've known that uh, had heart attacks or, or strokes uh, before they got to retirement or shortly thereafter uh, because of the accumulated stress. And uh, I can't urge people strongly enough to, um, you know, get some exercise, take some time off, uh, watch what you eat, uh, those sorts of things. It'll make a tremendous difference and um, well, you know, make you a better it, manager. And I want to pause on there for a second because you touched on a couple of things. One, I completely agree with the exercise, especially if you're listening to this podcast while you're in the gym. That's even better, right? But a couple of things happen when you do take time off. You not only heal yourself, you continue to build your family relationship or whoever you're mm-hmm. on vacation with, but 
I have found when I leave in my business, something magical happens back at the office, which is staff um, learns more, becomes more independent, becomes less reliant on me, and the, and the machine runs a little better. But here's the irony, Jim, in this, that we know you had an expression that, well, what did you say about by, by being fired? It should be the slogan for oh, MIT. Oh, the, um, well, there's only two kinds of managers in this business, those that have been fired and those that are going to be. So pause, right? Irrespective of your quality of your job, is it going to be, we're seeing this with school superintendents right now, right? This whole, this whole uh, new battleground. But the fact that you're not preparing for that, and how do you prepare for that? Make your staff more independent. Mm-hmm. Make sure your f- family life is intact. And, you know, I was that guy too. 70-hour week jobs, 60-hour week jobs to make sure I won't get fired because I'm just going to work my ass off at this job at this time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, I will tell you, I ended up twice in the hospital. Uh, they thought I was having a heart attack. And they really know. <laughs> I'll never forget the doctor coming in. She says, can I ask you a question? Yeah, what? Do you have a stressful job? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I'm like, well, that's funny you should say that. Um, But you would think with the knowledge that there's this is a high turnover job, you either have been fired or you're going to, that they would have a greater um, uh, view, horizon view and say, hey, I'm not going to let this job kill me. But what you're saying here is too many do. Yeah, take care of yourself. Uh, I'd also add, um, like ICMA used to recommend, you need to have six months worth of salary in the bank other than your retirement account because you're gonna, if you're out of work for a while, you're going to need some money. And you don't or, want to be worrying about that too. Or a good severance contract. Or both. <laughs> or both. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's not unusual to, to go six months to a year to find the right job. And don't just go out and jump in the first one that's open because there are a number of cities that, that have difficult um, situations and you may not want to take that job. So, um, you know, you need to take your time and um, research where you put in an application very carefully and, and understand if that's, that's the job for you. Boy, I want to I focus on the stress for a little bit, but you just spared up a subject. This is our 90-something episode. Nobody's talked about, so I want to delve into this. Give me some pointers. I'm an out-of-work city manager, and I'm looking at other cities to go work for. I'm looking at applications. What, what tips do you give somebody looking? Well, I'd start by looking at why the last manager left. Uh, if they retired after uh, 20 years of successful service, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good thing. If they had, uh, you know, five managers in the last six years, that's a pretty big red flag. And you want to find out what happened. Uh, because if you, you're not going to be the one. Yeah. You, you're unlikely to be the one that they'll keep for 20 years. Sure. It's, there's, there's an indication that there's some problems there. Maybe some political strife that um, has come unresolved and, um, and, it, and it may take uh, somebody with a pretty strong backbone to, to take some of those cities and then they may have to deal but with eyes a lot wide of stress. Open. Eyes wide, eyes open, wide open. Yeah. Yes. Um, what else? Um, well, certainly um, uh, I would uh, look uh, if, if they have any of their meetings online uh, that you can watch how, they w- how the council works together. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be one. Um, uh, if you're an MIT, you, you've got extra time. I would go to the city and, and look around, talk to some people, particularly if you know some adjoining city managers uh, or county managers and ask them what they know about the situation in that community. Uh, do your homework before you decide to, to put you in know, resume. That's a good piece of advice. So the adjacent nearby city managers, uh, you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, Lake Mary is right next to you guys. 
what's going on over there? Give me some insight. Would this be a good job? And they, they can off the record tell you. I, I love that's That's very good strategic advice there um, on choosing that. One, other, uh, one of our other city managers we interviewed said, I love this perspective. Decide, you have to decide whether you want to be a small city manager or a big city manager. Because as a big city manager, you have lots of staff and your most of your contact are with your staff. As a small city manager, most of your contact is with the public. Sure. And where you want to live uh, is another good question. Um, do you want to be in a big metropolitan area, even if you're working in a small city you know, adjacent to it? Uh, or are you more comfortable out in the country? Somewhere, uh, do you want to live um, next to the beach uh, in Florida where a lot of jobs are available? Or, or are you willing to, to move up north, for example, where, um, where it might get cold and you're worried about snow in the winter? So, uh, and I think uh, always you need to have those discussions with your spouse if you're married uh, or have a significant other and, and get a really good understanding about uh, where you're willing to go before you apply to that next job. Interesting. That's that's excellent. So let's go back to stress. Have you noticed, have you seen, is it different, you know, 30, 40 years ago, I see differences in uh, local government that caused me, and I'm not in it, stress, which is social media, you know, fewer papers covering what's happening in local government. So you don't have a, at least a quasi-neutral source, although everybody's a little biased. But now nobody's ever said social media is not biased, right? Uh, social media drives the day. People coming to councils from a traditional places, not knowing how government runs. We, we had city managers, city council members I see get elected. They're like, why can't I call staff? Why can't I move this money around? What, what, what about this money in our budget? Why can't we do this with it? And you know, well, there's a process and they don't understand that. That's Steve's perspective. What's your perspective on the last 40 years? What stressors have changed? Well, you, you, you touched on an important point, and I will quote Elizabeth Taylor, of all things. She said one time, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Uh, now, from a, from a movie star standpoint, I can understand why she said it, but from a city standpoint, uh, the lack of local coverage for the newspapers in a lot of small cities, I think, is a big detriment to local democracy because the citizens have to have an idea of what's going on before they can vote intelligently. Uh, so when local coverage goes away, uh, then they don't always have the best ability to find to figure out who's representing them, who's making most sense, and who's just causing trouble. You know, uh, we, yeah. we do a lot of polling, and um, we ask a new question that I started asking about four years ago. How often do you read your local newspaper? And these are polls only of likely voters. And the number averages about 40% that say never. Wow. Four in 10 likely voters never read the local newspaper. And so where are they getting their information from? Social media. Yeah. Gossip groups and all that. You know, another change we've seen uh, in the years I've been in this business is that uh, there are fewer business people that are uh, running for and getting on local councils and commissions. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, uh, in one way, you, you know, in the old days, you'd see uh, bank managers. Uh, you, you often would have those uh, people uh, run. Well, they don't have bank managers in most cities anymore. Uh, I think there's less a sense of obligation on the part of the businesses to feel like they should offer up some of their uh, top people and, and say, be part of the community, run for, run for local office. Uh, maybe they're all hyper-competitive. I don't know, but... Um, but there's a real change in the, in the type of people that are running. 
I, th- I th- always thought that it was helpful to have someone that, that understood business because the city or a county is a business. So it's nice when they understand how a budget works and um, why you need one. Uh, you know, uh, a chain of commands where ex-military people are great to be managers. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, a lot of the people that uh, are being elected now don't have that kind of background. So I think it's harder for them to learn how to be a team member, how to work under the council manager form of government effectively. Uh, you can't just come in and continue to be the, 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 the community activist that's against everything. Uh, if you're against everything while you're on a, a, a city council or a commission, uh, that means nothing gets done. You have to, you have to become part of a team and um, work um, from the uh, legislative side to provide policy guidance and budget approval and create a, a, a good team. It's almost like a good marriage with your manager uh, to get things done. And that's causing, it has to cause more stress because what you're seeing is, so let's take your, your point about the newspapers and now the largest coverage is coming from social media, which is mm-hmm. rarely favorable uh, and always siloed, right? And so what it's happens is commissioners are coming not through bank manager, not through the EDC, not through the local chamber, not through, you know, lower levels of activism, but they're coming up through social media themselves. And so they play to that social media audience where in the past, when the local newspaper was an important component, you played to the center, you played to the most people because you tried to find ways to build uh, alliances, to build consensus, to build you know, a city that worked, but now you're playing to this, these micro audiences and that can cause a lot of stress, but your job as city manager is still the same. And I think that's, I think what you're hitting at is you still have to keep the wheels of that train moving. And it's harder because of some of these changes. Um, and there's other, other changes obviously over the years, but uh, those are a couple that have made it somewhat harder, uh, for local government managers. It's, it's, it has always been a stressful job and in some ways it's, it's become more stressful. Is this a dog eating its own tail though? Because now you have a situation where if I'm a bank manager, I'm a prominent business leader, I don't want to serve on a city council because of those, they're lunatics, right? (laughs) And I'm not saying no, I'm just saying that would be somebody's perspective. And so if you have a lower, let me, let me change my vernacular, people coming from different avenues. And I love the diversity, by the way, mm-hmm. but if, if no longer are the, the consensus builders, the community leaders rising up, because I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to. We had a, we had a guy show up at council meetings, literally threw money at the council. I mean, <laughs> actual money. Uh, to, to demonstrate to his social media followers that he was this person. Why would I want to go serve? And I'm not saying Steve, but why would I want to go serve on this council and get yelled at? Well, that can be difficult. And, it, and I don't want to leave a wrong impression here. I think the vast majority of the elected officials I work with for 41 years have been decent, reasonable people. Many of them I, I still consider to be close friends. Uh, but, the, um, but there are some people that are out there on the fringe that um, are often very negative and... Um, uh, even one on your council or commission can be can make it difficult. If you have two, uh, then uh, it can make it almost impossible to get anything done. And yes, uh, in that kind of an environment, a lot of people would look in and say, why do I want to be involved in that? Uh, it's just not helpful. That gives me a little bit of hope that you still see the vast majority of electeds in that regard. Uh, because, you know, one of, one of my pet peeves, if you listen to the show, is I love local government. Mm-hmm. I think local government is one of the last vestiges of government that still works. I mean, 
I don't care what side of the aisle you're from, the fact that we're having a conversation in the U.S. government about whether we're going to keep the government working or not, Mm -hmm. we're going to maybe shut it down. When was the last time, Jim, you heard about a city coming to an impasse saying, ah, we might just, we we may not pass a budget (laughs) this year and we're not going to provide services? And I don't know that I've ever heard of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it can be it can be difficult, you know. Uh, city government ought to be uh, boring stuff. I, I tell elected officials and, and have for many years, you know, water and sewer system uh, maintenance and uh, uh, all of that, putting together budgets. I mean, the great majority of you know, it's not something you should create a, a, a knockdown, drag out fight over. This is pretty simple stuff. Yeah, we have medians, uh, we have a budget. This is how often the medians get mowed. This sure. is how often the plants get redone. This is the cycle we're doing. That's mm-hmm. not exciting stuff. It shouldn't be, but uh, some people, uh, you know, come to come to office, or uh, and of course, there's always the cave society that want to want to come to all of your meetings and fuss about something. Citizens against virtually everything. Absolutely, and every, that's every great. city's I, got I, a group that's, of that's them. That's great. You know? But here's what I also love about local government: we have nonpartisan elections mm-hmm. in open districts, and what that generally means is you have to answer to all of the voters in your jurisdiction. In closed primary, and there's a bill moving through the legislature to close these things, put these things in closed primaries. So now I only have to worry about a tiny sliver of the electorate to get elected. And I think if that passes, you're going to see a significant change in local government. Because right now, open primaries means every nonpartisan elections means every citizen gets to choose who their mayor is. Every citizen in that district chooses their city council member. So that city council member must listen to and work for all of the voters. And I think that's what makes local government work so well. I think that helps. And there's been a um, large uh, movement uh, in, um, in recent years to um, put uh, all elected officials in districts rather than at large. Uh, you know, when I first started in this business, uh, there weren't that many cities that uh, the size I worked with that had their elected officials uh, on a, elected on a district basis. Now, there's a value in doing that, but um, but it, it, it can be it can lead to some issues, and that uh, sometimes the, the elected officials feel like they're only representing that specific part of your city, right. rather than the entire city. Right. You know, and a lot of a lot of what counties have done is they'll have one, two, or three at large, mm-hmm. four or five uh, districts. That seems to be a nice common balance. a nice balance uh, of doing that. Um, you now have a little perspective. You're, you're now stepping away out of the full-time job. You're serving as a senior advisor for FCCMA. You're engaged. Uh, any other perspectives you have other than what you gave us on take good care of yourself, eat well, <laughs> and prepare for change uh, because it could come at any moment. As a senior advisor, what, what, are, you, what are you looking at? And I, and I want you to touch on, too, preparing for retirement. Because, uh, you know, I'm 62, man, and I, I need a little bit of advice here. Okay. <clears throat> well, uh, I, I guess one of the most important things I, I found, it's a great adventure. Um, I, I can't understand these, these managers that retire and want to come back to work, um, you know, long term because they're bored. Uh, it seems to me that may be a failure of imagination. There's 10,000 options of things to do uh, in um uh, and people need to, retired people need to start, well, actually, you need to start looking at those before you retire. Uh, there's hobbies, there's volunteer opportunities, uh, being with family and friends, there's travel. Amazingly, you can read anything you want rather than just what you have to, to be involved in for, to keep your credentialing going. Um, uh, I, but you're I, saying I is have, having a plan, and, you know, it's ironic. Again, my, my thing about 
the managers work 70 hours a week because they're going to make sure they never get fired. But yet we have this MIT program on purpose. Yet managers, I can't think of an occupation other than actual planners that plan, that look long-term, that build long-term projects, that do great things. But when it comes to their own retirement, it's the switch goes, they get the golden mm-hmm. watch and they're out the door and they're like, I don't want to do that. I could name four or five that I know that left and then came back like, ah, the fishing didn't work out for me. And and any one thing would get boring. Uh, I know people that want to just go play golf. Well, that that's great for a couple of months, but then you get tired doing it. You need to do a lot of things. You need to figure out what's important for you. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, that is, and having some value to the world, um, you know, you've... Um, uh, through all your years of service, uh, certainly you've earned the right to um, to do your quiet time and, and do what, what you want to do. But you've also gained some valuable skills and experiences that a lot of people need. So, uh, but you, And you said early on, for you, having a purpose was critical to and having some goals and having some good, cool, important, interesting things to do is what gets you motivated every day. It absolutely is. Uh, And I I volunteer in a number of places other than being a senior advisor, uh, but I certainly don't work uh, 50 and 60 hour weeks anymore. Uh, But um, that's important to me. Um, Keeping in touch with a lot of friends, uh, groups of friends, uh, I found, and I've I've been able to read some psychology books uh, since retiring, uh, that confirmed this, that um, this helps keep you mentally happier um, by having a, various communities to be engaged with. You know, the people that sit back by themselves and they're pretty lonely uh, are going to wind up less healthy. They're going to die younger yep. than those people that are very well connected. There was a big uh, story in the New York Times Sunday edition several weeks ago about a, a compendium of studies that, that had that you probably one of the studies was one of the books you read mm-hmm. about that very thing having purpose having friends having relationships not only do you live longer but you live longer happier as absolutely well. yeah and and there's there's thousands of things that you could try and should try uh you just need to have some imagination and city and county managers are some of the most innovative people i know at during work there's no reason they could go they should go home and sit around and say i can't think of what i want to do well Try, try 10 things this week, uh, and if only one of them suits you, then you've got a big win. Try 10 more next week and keep trying new things all the time. You know, it's almost like what you're telling me is that the skill set that it takes to be a city manager, balance, understanding, long-term view, being a good listener, being a good delegator, uh, dealing with variety of people, all those skills you apply to your job Take that skill set and apply it to yourself. And apply it to looking at volunteer opportunities. You know, I volunteer for a uh, organization that does um, basically prevents child abuse by providing um, counseling to parents that um, aren't doing very well and, and may have their kids taken away and put in uh, foster care. Now, I don't do the counseling, but on the other hand, I can certainly help lobbying for funds in Tallahassee. I can help um, being a member of the board, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, but um, certainly I'm not going to go into somebody's house and try to tell them how to be a good parent. That's, that's not one of my skill sets. But uh, I, and I arrange for, for Christmas presents of, for well over 100 kids uh, this last year, um, bringing a number of people in to help with that. And uh, I tell you, it really gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling when you get that done and you realize these kids have a decent Christmas that probably wouldn't have had any given the family situation that they were in. A lot of, you know, single, fa- pa- single parents, um, 
you know, often uh, drug or abuse problems, yeah. maybe a mother that's, that's uh, fleeing a, a domestic violence situation, and you can help these kids have a better home life, you know, they'll probably remember that the rest of their life. So that's, um, you know, those are skills that you can apply uh, to a variety and of And I, I, I got to believe you're serving on a board, having been a longtime city manager, and the expertise, the knowledge you have, you got to be everybody's favorite board member because you really know shit. <laughs> well, you, you wind up getting asked to be president pretty quickly, yeah. <laughs> that happens that's often. Fan, that's fantastic. Where are you residing now? Uh, Atlantic Beach, Florida, right outside of Jacksonville. Oh, I know exactly where it is. I have a, a good friend who lives there. Um, as you've listened to the podcast before, you know what the last question is going to be. I know what it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> tell us something cool about Atlantic Beach. Well, uh, Atlantic Beach and the, the other beach cities there... Um, is a excellent environment for taking care of yourself. There are literally thousands of people out every day walking, running, skateboarding, uh, even surfing at the beach, um, uh, you know, um, playing tennis. Um, uh, people get out there. And um, whereas, uh, I mean, you can't... Are there down. amenities... Uh, it's a good, safe place to do it, and, and um, there's a lot of streets in Atlantic Beach where there are a lot more pedestrians than there are cars, really? and they know to get out of your way. Uh, so it's not unusual to see all these uh, people out doing things, and you other people feel like, well, maybe I ought to get out too. Now, so, and you were city manager there. Yes. Are there any projects that you put in place that you walk by on a daily basis or nearly daily and go, I helped build that? Absolutely. There are a number of pedestrian paths. Um, I mean, obviously, we put in some new parks. I was there 14 years in that city. Um, but uh, I think the pedestrian paths, um, uh, they're wider concrete paths along roads that are a little bit busier. Uh, but uh, whenever I see um, a lot of people going down those, particularly where, I've, where we planted a lot of trees and it's nice, shady, beautiful place to be, really makes my heart feel good. You know, one of the things you've heard me talk about is this idea that as a city manager, you do big things. And you rarely get credit for it because that goes to the mayor, that goes to the council, that goes to others. Uh, also, you do big things, but you sometimes don't see the fruits of your labor because you start a CRA. It may take 30 years before that downtown gets redeveloped. Mm -hmm. You start a new park, a new project, um, and you may not see it completed before you're MIT to somewhere else. Uh, but you're living where you work for 14 years, so you're getting to realize the benefits of some of those things you put in place. Yeah, a lot of the most important things that I help to do with a, with a great team uh, are not big public things, <clears throat> like um, big wastewater projects where we um, not only met the standards, but managed to uh, upgrade the equipment and reduce operating costs dramatically. Um, you know, deals put together to, um, in our case, to kind of save the country club uh, and uh, get some annexation with it and uh, at the same time uh, dispose of reuse water for irrigation uh, on a new golf course that helped the country club out. It was a, a very complex little deal uh, when it all came together, but uh, it, 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 it helped in a lot of ways. So when you flush the toilet and then go play golf, you say, you know what? I just completed the cycle. Absolutely. <laughs> they had brackish water. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. I could have done a two-hour podcast with this one. This would have, we could have gone on forever, but our producer over here is giving us the This sign. is fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Folks, this is Steve Van Core, and this is the FCCMA Podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. Now, quick reminder. If you have somebody you think would make a good guest, send me an email at svancor at vancorjones.com, or you can simply message FCCMA on Facebook. Thanks for being with us.